You're about to listen to the Wissam Sharif podcast. This effort is made possible by our monthly supporters on Patreon. Please visit patreon.com slash Wissam Sharif to become a monthly patron and help us to make more projects like this. Thank you for listening and please enjoy. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Wissam Sharif podcast. This is a weekly look into and behind the unique work of Imam Wissam Sharif and his pursuit of teaching the world to live a Quranic lifestyle, starting from reading, reciting, and memorizing Quran, and going beyond to mental mastery, physical perfecting, and living abundantly connected to Allah at all times. My name is uh, Brother Jawad Khan, uh, here as always with Imam Wissam. Assalamu alaikum, Wissam. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How's it going, Jawad? It's good, alhamdulillah. Uh, started a little bit differently this week. I think we usually say uh, introduce ourselves first and then the show, but uh, a lot of excitement today, alhamdulillah, because we are talking about uh, a little bit about Hajj uh, from different angles. It's the month of the Hijjah uh, coming up, and we uh, just wanted to kind of reflect on this because you have a very particular experience when it comes to Hajj. And uh, to introduce that, I think I wanted to just play a couple clips from a couple of videos. Uh, that we've been able to go through. So one is, uh, you'll, you'll, just, you'll hear it and we'll give some context after, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi everyone. Peace be upon you, around you, and may peace emanate in all that you're doing. I am starting today my journey to Hajj. So it's like four o'clock wake up to get to the airport uh, for departure to LAX. I'm gonna catch up with you on that side. Little bit groggy now, but I'll talk to you guys soon. This is just the beginnings of a, the, a vlog in 2018. And then one more that I think might get you. This is you talking to some of the Hajj group with a very particular uh, analogy here. How many Muslims, just do this quickly so I can don't lose my time. How many Muslims in the world? How many Muslims in the world? 1.5 billion, let's go 1 billion people. How many people come to Hajj every year? Approximately. 3 million. 3 million, let's make it 4, okay? So 4 million people come to Hajj. In 100 years, how many people will have gone to Hajj? 400 million. Statistically, you have a better chance of winning the lottery than in 100 years to go to Hajj. Did you not just win a divine lottery? So I just wanted to, to mention, that's one of my favorite clips from this, this vlog series, and I think it resonates especially now uh, as we know this year Hajj is extremely limited and not everybody gets access to it and so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept the Hajj of everybody who gets to attend this year and those who have attended previously um, um, and to have um, understanding of the immense blessing that it is and to have understanding of that inshallah may Allah give us all the blessing and barakah and acceptance for those of us who wish we could go um, Allahumma ameen Allahu Akbar man like you t- you'll take my soul out of me before we start <laughs> You will never know the blessing of Hajj till you go. You will never know the blessing of losing Hajj until it is somehow unexplainably taken away from you. So with that, I mean, I know it's a little bit of a downer to start. I know some of today might be a little bit of a downer, um, but is there any particular place you wanted to start in terms of uh, even just your background with Hajj as a, as a person who's been a, a guide on Hajj for many years? Because I think we just wanted to have some reflection stories and lessons. Uh, inshallah as a starting point so for everyone joining us uh, I want to make intention with you whether you have gone for pilgrimage um, or not and for those who haven't uh, my my request as a haji 
is that everyone who hears my voice and makes intention cl clearly that they want to visit the house Ibrahim والسلام, built for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a symbol, uh, then my dua is with you and that is my request. And those of you who have been there, I think you understand the awe feeling that can only be re-fulfilled or can only feel better when you come back. So to everyone, today's conversation is about the journey to and from Makkatul Mukarramah. And we're going to keep today's discussion specific to Hajj. Uh, the Umrah experience started when I was seven years old. And, and that, inshallah, when the right time happens, uh, we'll get there. Uh, but to start off, uh, Jawad, I would like to say right before we even get to Hajj 2006, the first time I ever went for Hajj, um, I would like to say Hajj wasn't on my radar. The concept of going to Hajj young uh, was not in my, I didn't really get it as much. And I didn't, I, I didn't think that I would be in a financial position. I think that's the main thing you're like, oh, but um, will I ever have enough money? So mm. not thinking that I was going to be able to go for Hajj in 2006, my dad uh, needed someone to come with him. He said, I want to go for Hajj. And it was a really big deal um, that my dad wanted to go for Hajj. So I was so happy. I said, sure, dad, I'll come with you. The journey of acquiring that money, the visa, <clears throat> being sick in, the, uh, in bed with a horrible fever as we're trying to get the a visa stamped, like it was literally down to 24 hours. And then I got the visa and I departed. So I'd like to start with Hajj 2006 and, and start the journey at the end of my first Hajj, which was, thank you, God. And please forgive uh, the very young person's mentality at that time. Uh, thank God and good riddance. Like I'm done. It, it was, I'm, I apologize. It was, it was over. It was overwhelming for me. It was uncomfortable. I was uh, a Crohn's patient um, more. So the bathroom situation, as much as we want to say, like, oh, we're just spoiled Westerners, um, they really the bathroom situation leaned upon me heavily, uh, and organization or the lack thereof really uh, it ruffled my feathers. There's no other way to put it. So here yeah. we are. The end of 2006, Jawad, we start the journey with Hajj complete. And I've now come home thinking I will never miss Fajr again. I will never, uh, you know, get into an argument. I will never be in a bad place in my life. This is it. It's going to be perfect. And, and that was the, the beginning of my Hajj journey. Mm -hmm. I, th I think that that's uh, important to note uh, those feelings too, because I think the the trend of of people going to Hajj when they're young has uh, slowly kind of been there over these past you know several years, fifteen twenty years. I've heard more and more people who are uh, you know around my age or younger going to Hajj, and um, and I, I I hear that especially from them now in their later years, that reflection of even feeling kind of guilty to have those feelings of. Uh, you know, I feel like I like feeling like you got to go back because that first time you had so much, you know, natural young person feelings of, um, you know, you, you can both feel extremely spiritually fulfilled and uh, overwhelmed by the Kaaba and these types of things at the same time as, you know, as, at the same time as, as whatever teenage angst or young person angst you can have at, um, you know, 
discomfort with how difficult things are, discomfort with travel, discomfort with uh, the way things are run, um, and also a lot of guilt. I think I've, I've heard a lot around this this concept too, where people feel like, man, I feel like my hajj wasn't, uh, not even that it wasn't accepted, but I just... I, f- I felt like they, I w- that was always pumped up to me to be this extremely life-changing, amazing experience, and it would turn me into a better person. And then, you know, the week after I fell back into something or, you know, I, yes. I feel like I'm a terrible person because I, I've gone to Hajj, others haven't, and I haven't come out better. And I think that there's a, there's a lot of hurt and pain around that experience. And I think that, I mean, it's representative of a lot of Islamic experiences that we hype up these things and we think that they're supposed to be the be all end all. And then you come, you know, and I, I can relate to at least that part of the experience for myself and many Islamic endeavors. Uh, studying knowledge is one of them in terms of it, it doesn't change and fix you. That's a process that happens throughout your life. And I think that that's, that's a feeling. And I think it's important to hear that, especially from someone like you, who's been to Hajj uh, many times now. And the idea that it's okay to have had that feeling and experience and uh, how we move forward from that now? It's we can discuss. Uh, yes, and uh, and and let's not let's not get it wrong. It was an amazing spiritual experience. I loved it. I I cried. I wept. I made dua for several hours. I did all of the the things I was supposed to. And Hajj was great, uh, but I still felt like oh, this is like I don't know how. I did think how could anyone be a guide? It takes so much patience mm. and. Number two to all of our listeners, feeling like you broke your hudge, very common, very mm-hmm. common. I, have, I, I feel like, oh man, I have to go back to do it again because there's this, um, I just finished washing my hands feelings and you don't want to get your hands dirty, but then once they're dirty, you're like, ah, just let me mix them around in the mud a little bit because it, it's just, I, I, I am wrong. I, I broke my hudge. And mm-hmm. I think, um, that was, there was a moment, uh, during my Hajj where I asked my Lord though, the continuing theory, uh, song of my life, theme of my life. Oh, Allah, allow me to help people. Oh, Allah, make me a Quran teacher, make me be able to serve people. And there was in the back of my head, Oh, Allah, I would like to help people have this experience. Now, Hajj, uh, um, it, it was, it was, it felt very overwhelming to me. But I, I, I knew to myself the Umrah experience was, I was like, I know this. I can help people. And because I had done Umrah several times before Hajj, greatly recommend that to everyone out there who's listening. Please go for Umrah. If, I understand if you can't. Uh, and if you're given the chance, go straight for Hajj. But if given the opportunity, drop that 2,800, that 3,000, and go for a great, uh, uh, a great Umrah and enjoy the experience. And mm-hmm. Jawad, then to if we can fast forward to 2000, from 2006, if we come up to like 2012, 13, there's a lot of personal development time that happens in between. And then I am offered, would you like to come for Hajj with us for the first time? Uh, and just let's do a quick fast forward. I've gone with everyone from uh, Sara International once. Adam Travels, which later on uh, 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 split into a Delta Travels, uh, and up until the most recent for two years, been going with Dar es Salaam. Mm-hmm. Um, so then there's this explosion. So let's let's go into like Act Two. Phase Two is the it was the season of Hajj Jawad. I I in 2006 Jawad made 
uh, I, I used judgmental eyes as I saw the people um, uh, 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 who were in the, the VIP, uh, the VIP HUD. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jawad, is there a place for a quick 2006 HUD story? Yeah, sure. Okay, Alhamdulillah, I mean, Shaitan regime, and just bring us back on track, but uh, actual occurrence. And then when someone says, you know, how dare he say, oh, I, I'm good riddance. So just bear with me on, this is one story in that 2006. Uh, so I'm, I'm traveling, we are now in Mina, the big tent city. Uh, we are in the U.S. tent city, which is a 45-minute to throwing the stones, Jamarat. And once, mm-hmm. uh, Jawad, I have to go and throw stones for my father. So um, I make the journey on my own. And again, when you think about it, well, why wasn't there a group with you? No, it was just, it was really was chaos. Mm-hmm. Almost uh, as a high schooler, college person, I did think to myself, I was like, wait a minute, if I don't go throw my stones like my hudge won't count. Like it came down to, if you don't do it, no one's going to tell you. You get this feeling, Jawad, when you're doing an Islamic thing, someone's going to tell you you're supposed to, it's mm-hmm. time, let's go do this Fajr Zohar. So now I am the little frazzled and I've got my stones. I'm heading off. Jawad, I go, I throw stones for myself, for my dad. I feel like people are acting like Shaitan while throwing the stones. And I have that whole inner moment, I see people cussing and swearing as they're throwing stones. And I also realize, okay, everyone's got to express their, their themselves their own way. Remember, this is 2006 and you know what topics are going on right now. Mm-hmm. I am now, I feel this, uh, this disunity. I didn't feel the unity of Hajj. I felt there was the, the chaos and no one was caring about each other. And Again, very Western first world. We should all be happy and clean and shake hands. And so, yes, there was some idealism. But Jawad, as I walked 45 minutes back to the camp, Jawad, as I am walking, uh, it's a big open space now. I'm walking straight through these huge campsites. And you start hearing yelling. Now, the interesting thing about Hajj is when someone yells in the mall, in a football field, it doesn't really matter. But at Hajj, Right? There should be no yelling. So it caught my ears distinctly. And I, when I turned around, Jawad, three men in Ihram. So the scene is three men of an ethnicity similar to mine were in Ihram. And one of them had a backward baseball cap. You can't wear hats while you're in Ihram. Another one had a, a two-by-four like Hacksaw D- Jim Duggan. And the third one was free-handed. They were chasing a Northern African country uh, person, I, uh, a black man. They were chasing a black man in, his, uh, in regular clothes. So this is someone not doing Hajj, uh, serving. And Jawad, if I told you they were taking turns beating him, kicking him, and I, I, I want to give you this one scene. So one guy uh, punches him and he kind of uh, falls down to his knees. Uh, Jawad, I'm watching this from far. A guy in Ihram pulls his Ihram up, takes a running four or five steps uh, takeoff and dragon kicks this guy in the back. And all you hear is this, oh, and then he falls. And then what happens after that? Just turn away if you're faint of heart. Um, after he's dragon kicked in the back, the guy with the two boy four hits him in the face. And this is, uh, Jawad, I'm now uh, like every emotion. I'm sorry if I did not prepare our viewers per se. 
I am fuming, crying, screaming. Everything's happening at the same time. Please don't forget the ethnicity or at least the way that these young men look and they're in ihram. So I'm, I'm heading out. Uh, I now, you know, the hospital brain turns on. It's like uh, I'm now completely in the middle of this. Um, I guess those young people or those men didn't expect me to like fight them. So I mm-hmm. threw one off, kind of started protecting him. And then I cradled this guy. He's bl- per- like gushing blood onto my ihram and I'm holding him. He's like I'm, I'm in, his, uh, in his language. Uh, he's, he's saying, I think I'm going to die. Uh, he kept saying it. And in whatever broken Arabic I could at the time, I said, uh, I'm a medical student. That's the close. <laughs> I don't know if you ever read Aindat uh, Tabib. There's in, uh, in not Studio Arabia, but Al Arbi Baini Adek. Yeah, there's another one. Uh, the older version of that, I don't recall, where Yusuf goes to the doctor. I swear I'm using all of the vocabulary from Indi Suda. Nah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like thinking of the fever. And yes, so now I am weeping. There's, I have, so now your medical brain kicks in. You're like, okay, pressure on the wound. You're like this, this, this. I got some ice, water. Uh, meanwhile, these guys just ran away. I don't know. In my brain, Jawad, the activist is still going on like, wait, why aren't they helping me? I understand. Mm-hmm. Just, and I'm kind of giving them a little lecture. I'm like, just say Astaghfirullah and let's start again. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because there's a crowd now. This doesn't happen in Hajj. Now, so this guy's in my hands. Uh, he's bleeding out. We've got it. I am now um, just kind of laid him out. My top of my ihram, I have people using it as, a, as an umbrella. Finally, one of the people from our Hajj group, an elderly doctor, 80 plus years old, God bless him. Uh, amazing human being, Egyptian doctor stopped and he's like, Wissam. And, and uh, I didn't set up the story well, but the doctor said, didn't your father say don't help anyone? <laughs> the instruction on the way to the he goes, Wissam, I'm telling you, don't, I know you, don't help anyone. That's what he's <laughs> exact. So I, I am now, he's like, he now explains, but Jawad, the real kicker, and I'll, I'll, close off this story here the cops show up and what's the official story the official story is some tall lanky brown kid beat the life out of this northern african uh, a citizen so the cops i i they grabbed me and and i'm like testosterone is really like your adrenaline to everything's just uh and I'm like, wait a minute. The ayah in Bakara is like, do not fight. Like, oh, I'm just inner, inner peace. Uh, of course, I didn't say om. I was like, inner peace, happiness, happiness. And then immediately the crowd was like, no, no, no. <laughs> they were like, he's a medical student. <laughs> and they like basically regurgitated all of the things I that I... <laughs> As if it was theirs. They were like, oh, yeah, we know this guy. He's a medical student and uh, he does not have a fever. And he started, they started using all the words that I had used. And so many people who spoke Arabic came to the rescue. The police basically patched this guy up. And the, the real kicker was, was then walking back. And I'll, I'll bring this down to a closer. Um, mm-hmm. I walked back and I had to hide from my dad for an hour <laughs> until because... 
my you don't necessarily I didn't know about please do have a backup ihram I didn't even know that there was a concept of a backup ihram so my dad uh, later found me and Dr. Saeed uh, the Egyptian doctor was he was like uh, Mr. Sharif uh, I'd, I'd like to speak for your boy he was doing the, the right thing and then my dad just said I told like he kind of said I know there's a great story behind this his eyes said it but it's like I told I just didn't want you to get hurt and so subhanallah it turned out to be some dispute uh it turned out to be some uh they accused him and uh actually found out uh they were wrong in their accusation so much in that story to unpack but when i say i was done <laughs> i was done with my hajj experience now you could say okay <laughs> now going forward uh, the reason why i brought up both is i had that horrible experience and i did scoff at the people who go for the quote unquote $10,000 hut. I know that's going to date us, but it was the, you know, the Uber package. But now we fast forward 2012, uh, Jawad, and the beginning of the journey uh, where I was invited. Uh, would you like to come for Hajj with us? Shout out, Sheikh Noman Beg, uh, hashtag IOK, Institute of Knowledge. Uh, they were, that was Sheikh Noman Beg's uh, big move. He was like, Wissam, come, we, we're a team. I, I don't know if this is the appropriate time, but I wasn't asked to go on Hajj with them. Hey, come help us. Sheikh Noman Beg, clearly former Deloitte and Touche uh, associate uh, consultant uh, who left the, uh, the position to, from Mr. to Molana, that's his tagline. Sheikh and Beg himself, he built a team, Jawad. So like, mm -hmm. if you see any intelligence in myself, like, oh, he sees, he has vision. He built a team uh, from Muhammad Mane to Ahmed Billu to... Uh, Jamil, uh, Sheikh Jamil, uh, to the various team members who, uh, like my component uh, was, you're the dua guy. Just be ready. Know what dua, be ready, uh, uh, be fresh. So that when someone's like, I don't know what to do, boom, you're the dua guy, you're ready to go. So he, I felt very much like a, a Bionic 6 or a uh, an Avengers. We very much... Uh, for Han Zuberi, like we, we, we were able to flex for each other. And that created a Hajj experience, which Jawad, if you told me to go 40 times, Allah is my witness, I would pack up and go 40 times with these men. Mm. So it's not just a, oh, I went for Hajj a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I think it's fair to put our disclaimer. Uh, now, uh, all the information and numbers that are going to be shared right now, I've never shared before. Rarely do I even share with people uh, mm -hmm. who I meet in a live uh, situation. And going for Hajj once is one in 400 million, we said, uh, in, in 100. It's like ridiculous odds. Uh, but to go multiple times and to be, uh, as you'll see through the story, to go uh, uh, better and better. Uh, mm -hmm. Adam Travels got better and Delta got better until it was the best Hajj pa package I've ever been on has been with Dar es Salaam. And it just got better and better and better. And when I thought three hudges would be enough, then Allah doubled three. And when I said, oh, Allah, half dozen, why not full dozen? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, never, it never stopped raining. So I would like to say 2006 was the scrimmage. And then I count my first hudge that I felt like I was, dad wasn't there. I was doing it for me. 
that experience was with Adam Travels, Sheikh Noman Beg and the mm-hmm. team. I was just going to mention in terms of even that story, I think that that's another theme I hear a lot of with people who go to Hajj. Um, and of course, like our quintessential American Hajj story that people people uh, have reference for that I grew up learning was, was Malcolm X's experience at Hajj. But it's this thing of uh, Hajj, you'll both experience Islam and you'll experience the Ummah. You'll experience Muslims as well. Allah. Uh, in both positive and negative senses with, the, with when it comes to people. And I think that that's... And racism. When you put them all together, humans, yeah. we're classist, we mm-hmm. put each other by finance. So yes, it, it was, it's on full display. It, it, it puts it in, in, and even just the economic inequality that people experience in terms of seeing mm. the, the ones who are serving versus the ones who are in Hajj and stuff. And, and I think it, it, it in itself provides at least a... Uh, an understanding of the vast difference between those two things of Islam and Muslims, because we know that we, we talk very nicely about the, uh, the concepts of Hajj, which are very true about the Ihram and everything being something that makes us all equal before Allah. We have to dress the same. We have to do these things. But obviously, you're not spending, you know, 24 hours that entire week, and, week or two uh, just in the Haram praying every minute of it. You do have experiences in food and marketplaces and these types of things. And I think that everybody kind of comes back and it's really that you have to let your let your experience with Allah outweigh your experience with the people. Uh, and I think that Allah tests you with that um, yep. by putting you through the best spiritual experience while also putting you through the ringer in other ways. And I think that that's, uh, that, that especially for people's first and few, first or a couple first few experiences with Hajj, I think that's what I've always heard. Yes, Jawad, turn off someone's Wi-Fi and hot water and take away their toilet and see how patient and loving Islam and Bilal radiallahu ta'ala <laughs> I believe Hajj peels you down to who you really are, just mm-hmm. like the pandemic and racism is, is showing us who people really are. Uh, mm-hmm. Why are we catching all of these racist rants uh, uh, from CEOs or whoever it is, some, some privileged person, and then they'll be like, I'm not racist. It's like, no, honey, it was never uncovered. Right? Mm-hmm. You never had a chance to see it. And in Hajj, I think it, we're supposed to go for the spiritual ecstasy it is true that you you have to find God amidst the ugliness of humanity, whether it be the cream of the crop, the best ummah, or or uh, or, or the or your own internal. Oh, mm-hmm. how about the the own internal feelings you feel? Mm-hmm. So, um, so that that weighs on that first. So there's there's your first hud. Uh, you go, you kind of get that uh, smack in the face. You wake up. Um, I encourage everyone who can hear my voice right now. I, I five years ago would have disagreed with this and said, it's only obligatory to go for HUDs once, blah, 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 blah. If you go once, pay for someone else. You know what? Pay for someone else. But after you go f- for one HUD, I encourage you to do two more. Th- it's like going to a, a park, an amusement land, an experience. The first time you are paranoid, oh my God, it's haram, is it Zulhidja? Oh my God, should I cut my hair? What time should I do the Qurbani? Oh no, mm-hmm. are my, I threw a jelly bean instead of a stone. That was an actual, I was like, oh, why did you have jelly beans in your, it was in my pocket. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> like, I'm not answering that question. Go just get another, like, but those are all first world real things. Then the second Hajj, you're like, oh, it feels You'll say it. Everyone says, oh, it feels better. I wasn't so paranoid. So then in the third hudge, everything's on cruise control. And while people are taking nap, four-hour naps in Mina, you're like, 
Ah, inner peace. Then the dragon warrior can be born. So I want to just fast forward in my Hajj journey and say, first three Hajjs were just for me. Mm-hmm. First three Hajjs were, um, were real. Jawad, like we should pull up some of the Hajj prep vlogs. Uh, uh, hundred days in the gym, swimming, sauna. Oh, that I ne- Dawood and I looked at pictures from back then. He was like, "How did you get so fat?" I swear, Dawood's exact words. My five-year-old looked at me and he goes, "Cause I was, but I was shredded, Jawad, like sub ten percent body fat." And and everyone in the gym would be like, "What are you training for?" I was like, "Hudge," and it would be uh, those four. Three, four years altogether, three years of Hajj and a year of training was phenomenal. Back-to-back mental preparation. It really did um, uh, result in an amazing feeling. And then you hit the head on the uh, nail in the head, Jawad. After three Hajj, maybe four, it became a 100% about service. I felt like God liked me as a feature, uh, a fixture, fixture in Hajj that I did good. I, I pressed the hujaj feet. It became a thing. I, I was like, I don't care what group I'm with. Anyone above a certain age, elders, uh, you just walked and your, your feet hurt. I work in the x-ray department. Uh, if you're uh, you know, a male above a certain age, I'm going to reset your, we're going to do some hip work. We're going to do some knee work and, and service, service up early. People would say, why do you get up early for Hajj? I'm like, uh, why would you sleep when someone might need a Band-Aid? Someone might need cereal. You wake up and then you, you start feeling like the concierge service for Hajj. And that was the greatest feeling. I know I'm fast forwarding a bit, but let's break that six mark. When, after six, the Barakallah Hajj, then I was like, oh Allah, I want to make this like, like concierge level. I want to have their quote unquote coffee the way they like it before they wake up. And, and now, now how can I do that Hajj style? So mm-hmm. finding people in Arafah who are like, um, so I don't know what to do. Yo, bro, if you can, if you can listen to mo- music and movies for six hours, which uh, Jawad, could you watch movies, video games, any combination and occupy yourself for six hours? It can be done. Yes. Yeah, it, I can do it. I don't know. <laughs> I will, I have, and, I, and so you need, uh, may Allah protect me from it. Um, you need a sp- uh, spiritual DJ and I, I, you need someone to be like, low hundred salawat, la ilaha illallah, read Yasin, let's go to rakat. Okay. Who's got 15 minute nap? Boom, boom, boom. And, and that was the fun part. That was the best part. Uh, it was becoming the hype man, the cruise entertainment coordinator for HUD. And, mm-hmm. and that's where I feel like, and then th- th- that's where it brings it up uh, to where we are today. But I feel like you might want to jump in in that first, uh, any questions or should, uh, any details for those first, let's say six or seven visits to the Kaaba. Well, I, th- I think to, to uh, just two points came to my mind, especially in regards to all that you're saying. Number one is that we talked about this idea of it being such a difficult experience in that first, especially that first time and. Uh, for anybody who who goes to it, and I think that part of the part of the idea that we sometimes forget is that look at the reward Allah gives you for it. Allah, like look at the idea that you're coming back like a newborn baby, and do you think that that comes easily? Number one, um, but then number two, another thing that that kind of opened my mind to it, and inshallah, you know, 
Um, I, I, uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable, I'll, uh, if you haven't tell, told just yet, I have not been to Hajj or Umrah, and I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to please invite me to Ameen. his house, um, as well as my family members, inshallah. Wallahu but um, I believe it was, I think it was Dr. Yasser Qadi, uh, who has a some series about wealth building. And one of the, I think it's in his book, actually, which is like 15 ways to build wealth from the sunnah, something like that. Um, but in it, he mentions the hadith that say that part of, if you want wealth, there's, there's I believe, a hadith that mentions go to Hajj and Umrah often. Oh, yes. And, and subhanAllah, the, the, the understanding of that that I realized in my head, and I thought actually of yourself, Wissam, as a that in two, um, is that the people who go to Hajj and Umrah often go to Hajj and Umrah often, and the people who keep complaining about not being able to afford it, or you know, anybody who thinks at all about the money in that way, doesn't end up making it work in any way. And honestly, there, there's also the idea, and I think this year demonstrates it more than anything else, but I think it was Ustaz uh, Abdurrahman Murphy who mentioned this idea that Allah invites you to his house. It's not a matter of you buying your way in because there are people who are millionaires who get denied their visas like at the airport. Like you don't do it until Allah lets you uh, yes. do it. And so that these concepts, I think, all culminate for us to understand and realize that even though we're talking about this and I think people can take it in a certain manner and way of just like, oh, it's nice for him. He's a scholar, gets invited to go to Hajj or, you know, it's nice for him to say go three times when I can barely afford one time or whatever it is. Hajj is not about like going to and completing the Hajj. It is a spiritual experience. It is not money is a means to get there, but it is not the only uh, it is it is not the thing to focus on in terms of wanting to get there. The thing to focus on is the one who can provide it for you, regardless of the means that is in front of your eyes right now. Um, it's that intention, having that intention and working toward that intention. And I think that that's, that's why we, and, and the idea of living abundantly connected to Allah at all times is our, as, as part of the work that we do is in transcending the material parts of these things because you have to, you have to believe before the material comes to you, honestly. And, that and Allah think, is yeah. that is greater that you have to believe like isn't that the part of the hajj excuse me to jump in but that that is your, the words that that is it you are you are believing that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is greater than money you are god is more powerful miraculous than money yes what about the guy jawad in uh, the turkish uh, drone that uh, from the media station that fell yeah. in nigeria and we can get the story uh, in a uh, uh, country in northern Africa, uh, a man found a drone, and uh, when the TV station came to pick it up, he said, "Oh, could it just pick me up and take me to Hajj?" He was joking, mm -hmm. jestingly say. And so the TV station, uh, as he returned their expensive drone, the TV station paid for his Hajj, and he mm -hmm. went to Hajj. But yeah. like the stark picture of him in Ihram in the in the mean though Jawad is it's like a ghost. <laughs> it's like like in one picture is really he's laughing it looks like he's holding a big bug and mm -hmm. um and so yes that, that was my point is yeah you have to let go of how is it possible I mean, mm -hmm. how is it possible to go for hajj as many times as i did or mm -hmm. to have the experience it's not it's not possible go and allah will make you more and more and more wealth and and i think that that's something that I, I find in a lot of spaces when it comes to people who are trying to come closer to allah um, whether it is through through experience like Hajj or an experience that's like seeking Islamic knowledge and certain things. And what I think people don't always get or realize is this concept that if you talk to anybody who makes it to Hajj, everybody there has a miraculous story or part of their story that was a miracle for them to get there. That's the rule, not the exception. 
Yep. This miracles because God writes this stuff. God brings you here. So God works in miracles. And so you you don't necessarily depend on something miraculous to happen without any effort. But, you know, tawakkul ala Allah and tie your camel as best you can. But you still have to trust in Allah. That part has to be there uh, and know that Allah is going to serve you and Allah is going to be able to uh, bring you to places when you believe enough in the fact that it's going to be in a way that you don't understand. But he'll he'll understand how to get you there. Yes. And 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 you'll just uh, be able to explain the really cool story, mm-hmm. and in the and, right time for you too. Because I also think about that so much with the people who regret when they're young and all that stuff. I say, like, the like I haven't been there yet, and I ask a lot to bring me there right on time. I I do not want a premature. I do not want it uh, too late. Like, right on time. Allah knows best when when is best for me. You got it, and that's the hardest thing to swallow. Because in 2006, had God given me Hajj over and over, I'd be like, ugh. Secretly, I wouldn't be able to tell anyone, but I'd be like, oh, I can't take this. And mm-hmm. and to to fill in that for everyone, Jawad, I have said your name in tawaf. <laughs> I have I've done, and we'll talk about it in a moment. Virtual tawaf, saying, oh, Jawad, yo, check this out. We're about to <laughs> I'm about to do virtual tawaf. I even tried FaceTiming you once as I went for tawaf. Oh yeah. Um, I'm not sure um, if I, but I still have a clip. I was just checking through my uh, mm-hmm. favorites. I have a clip where I'm saying, Assalamualaikum Jawad, going for tawaf. So mm-hmm. your name has been mentioned in, in some good places. Uh, I think the next thing now is to, is I pray that your finance are increased as a result of Umrah. Not mm-hmm. so you can go, but as a result of Umrah. And for any anyone in between who's listening and saying, oh, so was it hard for all those hajjas? No. As soon as I went back in a state of, of, of service, uh, hajj did get easier. So it did get easier. Um, I did, uh, my health got better. And I also went with better preparations. Mm-hmm. I went with better uh, mental, physical preparations. Um, I also... Um, basically prepared myself for the obstacles that I couldn't face in 2006. So it got a lot better. Um, and I think, be- yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and not to underestimate, I, I kind of glossed over it after, cause we were just kind of kind of find, find the points as they're dripping away. Um, but the idea that you went with a team of people, I think that that's also been a theme in a lot of people I've heard that, uh, you know, my parents, like when, when my, my parents wanted to go to Hajj, uh, I think my mom, I think three of her sisters, all just like one by one at month after month started going and they ended up getting to go together. And I think that that's always oh. been a great, uh, thing for people is try to find the team of people who can really, uh, not serve you best, but be the people that you want at, you know, at Mecca, the people that you want, like, because it's, it's a different caliber of person, the, the, the right friends and the right people who surround you can really enhance that experience and make it something your group makes it your group makes it and then the people you bring into your group makes it Mm. have just an inexpensive package with no teachers uh with no team then no you you'll have a very a very uh, you'll have a sadder time Mm. and 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 to that token um i do want to catch this 40th minute and say we're a few days from hajj and maybe in another time we can fill in the gap then from, let's say, 2016 to 2019, mm-hmm. uh, the last few visits. Um, but after, yes, a, a 10 Hajj, Tabarakallah, thank you, God. After visiting again and again and again, I'm so grateful to Allah. But I will say this Hajj felt like it. And I think mm-hmm. th- I, this is where I wanted to take us. 
uh, this Hajj felt like it. Like, this is it. I am the dragon warrior. I have I've, uh, two hours shivering dua in the rain on Arafah. Like Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provided the sound effects, the sound effects um, and uh, the thunder and the lightning and everything. And uh, I, I'm confused, Jawad, because in one sentence, I'm going to tell you it was the most powerful hajj, like with external miraculous uh, signs that I've ever experienced. And today, as of this recording, I've never been so far from the hajj feeling ever. Uh, corona broke me down, um, mm-hmm. excuses, whatever it is. Um, if you showed me who I was at Hajj 2019, when you show me the vlog, a, a friend of mine just sent me a clip of the day I got back from Hajj, this Hajj. And I was like, this is it. My life purpose is to be the world's Quran teacher. And I'm not disappointed in me, but I want to be able to connect with the listeners Guys, after the 10 hudges and shivering in the rain and having the Ugwe moment in the uh, becoming the dragon warrior and thinking this is it and I was glowing and gl- it was a wonderful feeling, um, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think you could hear it in my voice. Like, yeah. yeah. Now, like, it's not, uh, yes, I've, again, I don't want to, I want our listeners to say it's not a measurement, but Brother Wissam, you did all these projects. Yeah, that's great. That's me proving to others that I'm important. What happened to that feeling of I love Allah and all those words of Allah, I'm here to worship you. I could use every second in the ibadah, in salawat, in 99 names. Nah. I'm just, I, I feel distant. And I think that, that what, that's what this hajj is going to be about for me. I'm not physically going, but that's what this hajj is going to be about. About discovering me. Hajj, hajj polished me. Hajj made me an amazing person. Absolutely. Thank you, Allah, for hajj. It has grown so much uh, from personal development to standing at line at the post office. People get impatient standing for 45 minutes. I'm like, that's just nothing. Come on. Let's go to Muzdalifa. We'll stand for six, seven hours. Don't worry. Your feet's got blisters. Don't worry. We'll put Vaseline tomorrow. Like it really did. It was the, P, it was the MBA in, organiz, in group organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. We, but to go from there and say, I, I feel great. I know God accepted it. Jawad, didn't I expect not to ever miss a prayer or to never uh, mince words with my, uh, have words with my spouse or to always be in a quote unquote, like good, good place? Mm-hmm. No, I, I think Corona and the George Floyd situation and the protest and, and the general demeanor of the world, it, it <laughs> lack of better terms, mm-hmm. it trumped my hudge. Mm-hmm. It, it absolutely trumped the feeling of, um, you know, this is this is where um, I, I, here I had set up a, a mental safety net that even if I was going to get a little bit of a spiritual dip by April May, don't worry, Jawad, we're going for Hudge, buddy, mm-hmm. and I get to fire up the hundred days to Hudge vlog, and mm-hmm. there's none of that now. I feel the sadness, so uh, sadness. I feel the depletion. So there were two things, Jawad, that really uh, to transition. Uh, this coming 10 days, I think we, we are going to have, we're going to do the Hajj vlog uh, on this side of the pond. Mm-hmm. And 
And number two, every time I dip, even the moment when I, when I, I kind of two days ago, I, I did a self-evaluation of just my personal routine. I was like, Wissam, you really, you're slipping, bro. This is not a 10 months after Hajj Wissam. This is not where you would see yourself. And there's a practice I've been doing for more than four years, Jawad, it's called virtual tawaf. Mm-hmm. And, and it's almost like this whole conversation was uh, bits and pieces. It was a Swiss, Swiss cheese story of 10 years of going and, you know, uh, going for Hajj and worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What did I bring back? I brought back virtual tawaf. And, and that's the visualization of walking around the Kaaba and thinking certain things. Uh, so I wanted to leave that out there for you that this is where I am presently. Uh, it, it, it's like, um, I don't know if anyone follows Jordan Peterson. Uh, Jordan Peterson is a uh, professor in Canada. Jawada, happened to read, did you happen to see his books, uh, one of his books, uh, The 12 Principles for an Organized Life? Jordan Peterson. I've heard the name, but I haven't, I'm, I'm failing to remember exactly his stuff though. Okay, no worries. Uh, he has some, uh, it, it's amazing uh, when someone as revered in the, in the men's space, um, a men's development space, uh, he had to check in for uh, a rehab. Uh, and it was, I guess, not knowing the author specifically may not connect with you. Uh, Jawad, it's, it's Tony Robbins uh, seeking motivational help. Mm. Jordan Peterson, who we revere uh, uh, so much as an academic, said, you know, my wife's been going through cancer and uh, these the pills that they gave me at the hospital, I've, I've just become very dependent on them. Mm. And so to me, to me, it was very powerful to see him saying, um, I need help too. And it, mm-hmm. I guess the parallel that I was trying to draw, yes, I do respect myself tremendously and to see myself kind of checking myself into this spiritual rehab after mm-hmm. Hajj, after all the wonderful stories we've been saying from knowledge travels and reflect and retain and every mm-hmm. single component. And when we get to the Quran revolution story, yes, I, I want to check myself into that spiritual rehab and say, I've been so busy trying to keep my head above water because of Ramadan and Corona and, and telling everyone else, be positive. Everything's going to be okay. I definitely, with a quick spiritual check, um, I, 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 I've slipped from where I was. Yeah. I think that that's where a lot of people are right now. I mean, uh, with the way the world is, everybody's kind of in, in these States and in these places. And especially those who've had the blessing of uh, having been, being able to go to Hajj and those who had the intention, every intention of attending Hajj this year, I think we all have that kind of feeling of, of distance. And especially, I mean, even on, a, on another scale, the, the Ramadan experience that we had to have this year being at home for many of us and, uh, you know, having to try to recreate that. And I think there was some there was some residual benefit that we found within it. But obviously, it's tough to replace the real uh, the real experience that we've previously had. And I think that this year has really been a demonstration of of this this thing that I think we we always allude to, uh, but is uh, it, it keeps on happening. I think that the like now you have a decade under your belt of Hajj and these types of things, and I think that um, in the way that you always talk about, just like destination paradise, that that's going to be the the final conclusion. I think that having that understanding is also understanding that the everything before that is not the destination, and so. Uh, as we get, uh, the more we get, the more steps you take to Allah, the more things you get more comfortable in and end up depending on and, and you get to that level. That's the, the element of 
you have now been pumped up and you have this beautiful thing that you have, whether it's Hajj or whether it's any type of thing that you, alhamdulillah, have now conquered and, and, and see as a tool and as a means of being able to help you. Um, now you have that qualification for Allah to then throw more at you, for mm-hmm. Allah to test you even further. For like, once you get stronger, you, you like it's easy to get stuck on just like I could lift this pound weight, I could lift this amount, I could do this. You know, it's great. I could I could do this, but then uh, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala puts you in a state where it's like if you're if you're this strong, here's something that's a little bit that requires even a little bit more strength because the point of here is to is to go there is to is to not just end it here and i, I think so much of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam um like we we talk about not being you know not even me having access to the kaaba and the hajj and stuff and i think about the hijrah of how how much he abhorred how much he disliked how much allah just saw his face and changed the qibla of him being having to leave his home of mecca leave the kaaba um and even with every single thing you know we know of the the, the year of sorrow and i think someone reflected on social media that 2020 kind of feels like i'm a cousin of the year of sorrow wow um but how it, it has to end up leading up to, and all of this is just meant to, to keep you aiming for the company of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until literally upon, like, upon the end of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the demise of him, of Rafiq al-A'la, of Rafiq al-A'la, the, the, the higher companionship that we're aiming for, it's as much as we get little connections of it here and there, as much as we, uh, and I think in these, these 10 days of Dhul-Hijjah, best days for worship, best days to connect to Allah, another opportunity we ask Allah to allow us to take full advantage of it, um, despite whatever difficulties that we're going through and despite whatever limitations that we're having. Um, but we're always aiming for that higher companionship and we can taste it a little bit down here. But uh, the point is to keep on aiming for it so that inshallah we have it forever. Um, as, as I think we've, we've kind of come to this point in the podcast multiple times about wanting the, 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 the recognition and the love and the companionship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, yeah, because I, I don't know if we have time for the virtual tawaf, I think, but I did want to leave, leave viewers on a less sad note of understanding, you know, these things matter and these things happen for reasons. And inshallah, we ask Allah to help us through them. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, Jawad, how about a, a seven, a seven minutes to walk them through? We'll take it into the top of the hour. We might do a longer version of it or more explanation of it in a future podcast or, or even its own episode or something like that. But we do want to introduce you to the idea of virtual tawaf, going to hajj at home here. Absolutely. So everyone get into a comfortable position, preferably sitting up. Uh, this isn't one of those cool ones where you can lay down and get comfortable. It mm. definitely is a posture of dignity. Find your hips. And if you can allow your body parts to relax, the idea is we are going to virtually, in our mind's eye, walk from our hotel across the street, come up onto the white floor of the haram, removing our sandals and walking in through gate number 29. As we come inside, we're going to go into, it's a bit of a semicircle. We're on that second floor. And as we make half of that circle, we're going to come up to a staircase. The staircase has seven stairs going down and then a landing and then a nice long 11 stairs. Take your time on those 11 because the next time you lift your head, you will be on the Kaaba floor, which is the main tawaf area, the mutaf. As you look up, you will see a 30 meter high building. It is larger than you think. Come on over with me. We're going to come over to the right side. If you look to your right, there's a green light over on the building. So uh, away from the Kaaba, if you look to your right, you see that green light there. That's where the black stone begins. That's where the black stone is. On your left, 
as you see the green light, you'll see the Kaaba with a big gold stripe going down and a whole bunch of people around it. That is the black stone. Turn over your left shoulder and let's begin together. I know it feels weird, but it's cool having a voice here to just walk you through it the first few times. After that, you're going to see the Kaaba on your left. You're going to raise your hands and say, Bismillah, Allahu Akbar. Bismillah, Allahu Akbar. Oh Allah, I begin with your name. You are the greatest. And in the first tawaf, we consider consciousness. Could you, for a 10-second stroll in your mind, walk around the Kaaba step by step, being aware, conscious, connected, and created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? A greater exercise I like to do, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Oh Allah, I bear witness, you are real. There is no God except you. And when you come up to the Yemeni corner, that's the side right before the black corner side, you're going to stop and say, Rabbana atina fid dunya hasana. And in that word hasana, exemplify consciousness. Oh God, give me consciousness in this world and in the hereafter. Define that word each time differently as we go around and we come up to the black stone again. Tawaf number two, look over that left shoulder and acknowledge the black stone. Bismillah, Allahu Akbar, Tawaf number two. It is all about hamd, shukr, praise, joy, gratitude, living in God's grace. In the second tawaf, walk with me 10 more full steps around one side. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. All praise and thanks are due to you. And Ya Allah, in this second tawaf, I cannot say Alhamdulillah without entering a state of grace, shukr, happiness. Thank you, Allah. And as I come around and round the corner and start counting my blessings and how wonderful and praiseworthy God is, I hit the Yemeni corner. Rabbana atina fid dunya hasana. Make hasana happiness, hasana joy, hasana grace, hasana gratitude. Coming up on the black stone, turn to your left, tawaf number three. Bismillah, Allahu Akbar. The third tawaf is dedicated to forgiveness. You're in the tawaf, ask for forgiveness. Deep breath in seven times all the way around. Astaghfirullah, I ask for your forgiveness, Ya Allah. Astaghfirullah, I accept your forgiveness, Ya Allah. Astaghfirullah, I exercise forgiveness, Ya Allah. Astaghfirullah, I forgive myself for dumb things I've done in the past that have hurt me. Astaghfirullah, I forgive myself by accepting joy in my life. Astaghfirullah. I am a miracle and miracles come through me. Astaghfirullah with every other human being saying astaghfirullah. Hit the Yemeni corner. Rabbana atina fid dunya hasana. Hasana in this world is God's forgiveness to be safe from anxiety, depression, paranoia. Wa fil hasana. To be safe from depression, anxiety, paranoia in the hereafter. Wa And the anxieties and depressions associated with the hellfire. Save me from it. Ya Allah. Bismillah. Allahu Akbar. Starting the fourth tawaf, as the Kaaba is on our left side, I would like you to envision your 
Quranic transformation. That is your experience vision board for the next 36 months. It's a conversation. Just walk around the Kaaba in this breath. God, I ask for more positive experiences, greater places of growth, and me being able to contribute to society, to the world, to humanity, to the Ummah. Hit that Yemeni corner. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adab al-nar. Oh Allah, Bismillah, Allahu Akbar. In the fifth tawaf, I am now visualizing my perfect day. As I saw my manifestation of the next 36 months in tawaf four, I am now visualizing the perfect day. If I want to become hafidah, if I want to become a reciter of the Quran, I see myself waking up. I see my diet. I see my schedule. I see myself navigating out of bad moods. I see myself holding back my opinions that won't help other people. I see myself reading Quran daily, keeping up my schedule. And before you know it, I hit that Yemeni corner. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina nar. And what is hasana? The perfect day. Oh Allah, I ask you for the perfect day, which is every individual Lego block to build the death star. One of the, one of the larger Lego sets out there. Oh Allah, give me every piece to finish the puzzle, Bismillah, Allahu Akbar, Tawaf number six. In our sixth Tawaf, we think of the word bounty. How much of what you asked does Allah have for you, all of it? How much more does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have than you asked bounty? How much do you deserve it? Don't say no. I'm an ummati of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa I'm a recipient of every rabbana atina out there. Every time someone else makes a rabbana, that's my God too. I am a recipient of the duas of Ibrahim alayhi salam, of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa of salawat as we've said previously. Number six is bounty. So live in abundance. Walk around the Kaaba in abundance and when you hit the Yemeni corner, rabbana atina fi dunya hasana. Please come up, make that pause, look over that left shoulder, and then on that seventh tawaf. Bismillah, Allahu Akbar. If you would use the unity consciousness bandwidth, if you'd use the consciousness bandwidth of recognizing we human beings are all connected, hate it or love it, your enemy prays to the same God you do. On the seventh tawaf, I ask you to make a moment to connect with every other human being. Either, either give a penny or take a penny. Either give into the pool of consciousness and say, Yeah, Allah, someone right now doesn't know if their dua is going to be accepted. Oh, Allah, give them. Yeah, Allah, someone studying for their exam, someone studying for their, their health, someone studying for uh, their being oppressed, someone is tortured. Yeah, Allah, I'm calling out for every single person who needs a little extra something in their dua who feels like I'm not good enough. Ya Allah, you won't hear my dua. Oh Allah, I tack on 10 subhanallahs on their account. Oh Allah, accept the dua on the unity consciousness bandwidth. And if need be, tawaf number seven. Oh Allah, I don't know if I'm good enough. You tap into the unity consciousness bandwidth and say, oh Allah, I need, I need to feel connected. Oh Allah, I don't feel like my dua may be accepted. But as you are saying that, 
you know you are on the same bandwidth of every other person calling out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as you finish that last tawaf, hit that Yemeni corner, Rabbanatina fi dunya hasana wa fi akhirati hasana wa qina adabannar. The word hit is to reach a destination, not to physically strike. And as we come up to the black stone, Bismillah, Allahu Akbar. Oh Allah, hasana in the seventh tawaf to me is me making dua for everyone else's needs. As you finish the seventh tawaf and complete, I'd like you to head on straight. Please don't go around. Let's go straight. We'll pass Maqam Ibrahim. Have a cup of Zamzam. Let's go ahead and pray two rakah. And I'll leave you here on your first virtual tawaf. A deep breath in. Bring yourself back to your body. If you can physically make the motion uh, uh, to get up or to move, break your uh, posture a bit. Uh, and then... Imagine that you're praying two rakah in the haram. If you would like to make two rakah nawafil and it is not a prohibited time, go ahead, stand up, make two rakah nawafil and consider yourself a virtual dawaf attendee. Thank you so much, Joad. Jazakallah khair for that extra time. Barakallah fikum to all of our listeners and give us a thumbs up. Let us know what you think. I think this is episode number six. Jawad, are you appreciating the content in this, in these little, uh, Jawad, what did you call it? Uh, when it's a little piece of the audio? Uh, guided, guided meditation? Guided meditation. No, you were saying that our podcast should have a little um, audible pieces. Pieces. Oh, like little, little audio. Yeah. Tidbits like this. I tidbits. forget the exact word. Yeah, it was something cool. When you said it, I was like, yeah, I want one of those. I think audio assets, I think. Audio assets, absolutely. Friends, if you feel light, if you feel beautiful, if you feel a little silent on the inside, um, join the club. It's a wonderful feeling. You can feel still, silent, whole, and someone's tripping out right now going, yo, could we do this every day? Yeah, bro, <laughs> three times a day. So mm-hmm. visit the Kaaba, the, and now even if you Google the picture empty Kaaba, you would get something we've all never seen. So just imagine yourself there. Jawad, could you maybe bring some context to the folks? How do, they, um, how do you feel? I know you've done it several times, but um, maybe to give a feeling so they could connect with you. Of course, I love it. So how is it for you? Is it, is it zony outy? Uh, is, it, is it something you can connect with? Yeah, for sure. It it. it- I, I mean, I'm very silent after, after it's done in terms of it just feeling like an experience. Um, yeah. And I think that, I mean, do you have anything more you want to add in terms of context? Because I think it would be a good spot to just uh, to let, let, listeners, uh, let listeners take their time and reflect and, and, and head off with that. Oh, absolutely. I'll just leave it out at this, friends. The mind is the most powerful thing we have. Uh, the heart is something we're constantly cleansing. The mind is very powerful. Thank you for everyone who took this time with us. And if you've ever done a guided meditation, if you've ever gone into uh, kind of a, a, a silent moment, I, I encourage you to, to find more activities that can help you do this. And if virtual tawaf can help you, please hit rewind, find a comfortable place, and uh, maybe on your yoga mat, on your on musalla, and find a, a space uh, so that you can redo this activity because we didn't give you any forewarning. We're like, yo, seven minutes, uh, everybody just <laughs> listen to me. And now you're like, yo, trippy divine stuff. 
So <laughs> thank you. There's our cue. There's our cue to call it out for the day. Thank you so much, everyone. Let's keep one foot in this world and one foot in the hereafter. A privilege to be with you all. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yusrifun wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. And thank you for joining the Wissam Sharif podcast. Thank you all very much. Uh, inshallah, enjoy your 10 days of Dhul Hijjah and please let it be filled with barakah and light. And we hope that we have been in uh, a beautiful part of that for you in adding to your experience. Enjoy the day of Arafah, inshallah. And as we Sam said, if you can let us know how you're feeling about these episodes and especially even about the virtual tawaf experience, it is something that has been uh, somewhat requested by some of our patrons on Patreon, uh, where we do discuss things with them to see what kind of audio and other types of content we want to create. If you want to keep supporting projects like this we have our patreon and you'll hear about it at the end of the show inshallah but thank you all for joining us we really appreciate uh, your listening and and taking this in and uh, we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you the the best in these best 10 days of the year thank you for listening to support this and other projects and get access to exclusive series and content support us monthly by visiting patreon.com slash Wissam Sharif. Jazakumullah khair.